Welcome to Candidate Conversations 2023, a closer look at the candidates running for the Webster Grove School District Board of Education and some of the issues that impact our community. I'm your host, Arnold Stricker from St. Louis in Tune on 92.9 KWRH. And now let's hear from the candidates. We're meeting with Grace Lee this morning. She is running for the Webster Groves Board of Education. Grace, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Arnold. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me this morning. You bet. Tell us a little bit about yourself for those people in the community who may not know you. Uh, so I am um, Grace Lee, uh, running for the school board uh, for the first time this year. Um, I am a retired a public school educator um, who has also found a lot of different ways to fill my time. Um, one of which still connects me with education. I still work um, in an independent school and as uh, the dean of faculty. Um, and in that role, it's been um, a real treat for me to just be able to be a true support person uh, for teachers and students and the work that we do on our campus. Um, I also work for Character Plus, um, and I lead the Equity and Justice Academy in character education. Um, and we just work with school principals who are looking at uh, ensuring that their school spaces um, have a strong sense of belonging for all students in their community. Um, and then I sit on a handful of boards and volunteer in the community in a variety of ways. Um, so have kept my kept my schedule really busy. <laughs> it sounds like it. Why are you running for the Webster Groves Board of Education? Uh, so I think that it was part of. It was something that I always thought that I would like to do to be able to serve and to give back to our community. I think at the most basic level, it's part of our civic responsibility. I think it's easy to criticize institutions, government, whatnot. Um, but I think as a citizen in this country, um, this is one of those pieces that I think we all have a responsibility to. And then with that, I thought for school board for me, um, as an educator, as someone who is a teacher, a school social worker, um, a principal, I understand the complexities of our system. Um, I understand also just the ways that education has become kind of just stuck in the middle of politics. Um, but what I don't so what I don't want to get lost in that is that at the end of the day, we serve kids. And the way we serve kids is to ensure that they know how to read and write and think, uh, and that they will be able to use all of those skills to be able to propel themselves into their futures, um, into whatever that may be, but that we have a fundamental responsibility to ensure that kids don't get lost uh, while the adults are talking. Um, so I feel like I can lend my skill set, my different perspectives, um, to ensure that we are asking the right questions. Uh, we're looking at data uh, we're looking at the landscape in terms of how we support kids, how we support our teachers um, to ensure that at the end of the day, um, the institution of public education is taken care of and protected. Okay. So discuss two or three areas the district is doing well and two or three areas the district needs to improve upon. So I think what I have always loved about our district um, as a parent and as an employee, a former employee. Um, is the is the ability to dream and be innovative. I think we have some amazing programs um, and initiatives that we offer our kids that just aren't offered anywhere else. Um, you know, for example, I think just the Chelsea Experiential Learning Center um, at the high school, uh, the Thrive program that started at the high school and then has has now 
uh, scaffolded down to uh, middle school and high school. I think those are all amazing programs, um, amazing opportunities for teachers uh, to be able to take risks and to try new things and to create uh, new opportunities for kids. I think we have a great fine arts program. Um, you know, I've always been impressed by the dedication of the teachers here um, to ensure that uh, our kids have access to be able to perform and have experiences. Um, and then I think I think we do really have amazing teachers. We have teachers who are committed to our community, many who live here in the community. Um, and so that's something special when people are rooted in their school system. Uh, I think every system has grows. Um, and we're no different than, I think, the school systems all across the country. Everyone's grappling with literacy outcomes. And I would say that's my number one piece that I think we need to focus on. Um, I do, just like you, know how to look at and set reports and the data. Um, and I think the, the average person who's not a school person doesn't always know how to look at it and know how to ask the questions. But the questions inside of our data for our school district, for me, are really around what are our literacy outcomes? They, they haven't been successful, in my opinion. We haven't really grown. We haven't closed that gap. So what are we doing in terms of our framework to ensure that we are investing in literacy from our earliest learners? Um, I think my big platform is that if we would only invest, if we would imagine investing as much as we would invest into a high school athletics program as we would into early literacy, we wouldn't have all of these tier two and tier three interventions. We wouldn't have kids that have been sitting in reading intervention classes since first grade still sitting in them as sophomores in high school. There's a, that's a huge red flag for me. Like, what are we doing? I think we're all brilliant. We're all problem solvers. I think we can all wrap our arms around this to figure out how do we really ensure that kids are getting what they need? How do we really ensure that teachers are getting what we need? Um, to make sure that they can un understand how to diagnose and teach um, and visualize that instruction for each child. What factors do you use to measure or determine how well the district building teachers and students are doing? I know you mentioned mm -hmm. some data points and things like that. Yeah. Are there other things? Uh, I think, so I think the NWA is a great tool um, that the district does use. Um, it's it's cumbersome. It's a, it's a tool that we you know the district uses three times a year to assess student progress. I think that is one of those ongoing points of data. Um, I think the ways teachers talk about data in PLC meetings and how that those PLC goals are driven um, and what that looks like. I think of course the obvious ones are the state uh, data points with the MAP test. It's the once a year, but I think you need more than one piece of data to really assess um, how kids are doing. Um, as, as for teachers, I think those, I think this is the piece that we have to start shifting the conversation that data is not a gotcha. Data is really to inform what our next steps are um, and how to either pivot or, at, you know, how do we just shift the plan to ensure that people are getting what they need. And so I think that's for teachers, that's for kids. Um, because I think when we don't look at the data, we end up with situations where really well-minded people that want to do great work don't realize that 
we've lost time that we could have been making up to ensure that kids are getting what they need, that teachers are getting what they need. Uh, so I think you need a lot, a variety of data points, but I think all of those points are important and help tell the whole story. So what is your opinion on state efforts to put individual requirements or restrictions on local school districts? So I think that's the, that's the, that's a, that's a big old question. It's the same piece that I would say as a teacher that I want a sense of autonomy in my classroom, but I also know that there has to be a set of standards. Uh, so I don't think there's anything wrong with having a set of standards that we expect that all kids end up at this point at this, after this level um, in a grade. Um, so I would say the same thing would would be appropriate from a state level. I think to have state standards that are universal across our state so that regardless of if a student moves from St. Louis to Kansas City to Jefferson City, that we know that those standards are all um, in place and the same. Now, how that's delivered, I think there needs to be some autonomy. Each community um, has its own culture and has its own um has its own, you know, personality. Um, I don't think I don't think having autonomy means you go completely off the rails. You still have to end up at the same outcomes, um, but how you might get there might be slightly different. And that's the individualized piece of it. I don't think we can expect all learners um, to look exactly the same. Um, we think that kind of defeats the whole purpose of cultivating curiosity and and engaging students. So as the legislature decides to mm -hmm. do some things related to what should or should not be taught in the public schools, mm -hmm. you know, where do you land on, on those particular things um, as far as their reach into the local school district? So I think that's where I would say politics needs to stay out. I think our, our legislature, like I, I think Desi sets those standards and those guidelines of what do we want um, for levels of proficiency uh, that we believe would create a well-rounded future Missouri citizen. Um, but I do believe we have to keep politics out of education. I think it gets incredibly muddy. Um, this is where parents have a voice locally. Um, I think it's more of the community collaboration. Um, it's too generalized to let lawmakers who sit away from local communities to be able to dictate and govern that. Um, I think I believe in processes and I believe in um, different steps and layers of responsibility. And so I would say that's the community's responsibility, not just the superintendent and the school board, but collectively also parents as well to talk about what do we value and how do we want things and to be able to have those conversations at the local level. So what is your role as a board member when you disagree with a policy or the application of a policy and how would you go about resolving your concerns? Um, so I think, you know, it's always important to remember board members are one of seven votes, uh, you know, seven people um, with seven opinions. Um, I think it's important. I, I believe it's OK if not everyone agrees. Um, I think it's important to have um, a table, have a board of folks that have a variety of beliefs to be able to understand different perspectives, uh, perspectives that are representative of the community. I don't think it has to become um a fist fight every time just because you disagree. Um, I, you know, I've walked away from really good conversations where I may not have believed fully and I may walk away not believing fully, but I have a greater understanding of perspective uh, that helps me understand how I want to work with that person. Um, along with policies and those pieces that we set as a school board that impact kids, I think 
to have a voice and to be able to use it and to share those conversations is important. Um, and then to revoice it if it truly is something that may be detrimental or harmful. I just don't believe that school board members do a job that's really a, a role of service with the intention of hurting children. Um, so I think, I mean, I assume very much so goodwill that everyone who comes to the table, regardless of where your beliefs may take you, really do have the best interest of children at the end. So what can people expect from you on the Board of Education? Um, I think, you know, I think this, the principalship has definitely prepared me for campaigning in a way I never thought I would be prepared. Um, it's absolutely affirming and sometimes demoralizing all at the same time. Um, I would say that people should expect that I, I really am an independent thinker. I am very much so um, moved by my core values and beliefs centered around how we affirm and humanize children. Um, and so I would make decisions individually based on collectively what is best for all the kids, um, not not a not an individual. Um, there's no individual tactic for me to say that I just want to do what I believe is right and not take into in consider into consideration anyone else's perspectives. Um, so that I would be open um, and logical and rational about decisions um, that impact our whole community. If individuals wanted to find out more about your candidacy and campaign, what can they do? Um, you are absolutely welcome to go to the website, um, www.alettegracely.com. Um, all of my information is on that website, and I also do have a Facebook page as well, a campaign Facebook page. Grace, thanks very much for talking to us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Arnold, for this time. Have a good one. You too. You've been listening to Candidate Conversations 2023 with your host, Arnold Stricker, from St. Louis in Tune. Please vote on April the 4th. Candidate Conversations is a service of 92.9 KWRH Radio. Stay tuned for more conversations with the candidates on 92.9 KWRH. KWRH.